We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Tuesday, September the 14th, 2021. Today's show, former Gamecocks football player Alex McGrath joins me each and every single Tuesday to help break down South on a 20-17 victory over the East Carolina Pirates over the weekend, as well as look ahead to the upcoming weekend between the hedges as the Gamecocks begin SEC play against the Georgia Bulldogs. Guys, all that much more. Got a packed show here on a Tuesday, and it's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention their companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company. They're a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. Their movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is invested in your success. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging special items and cleaning services as well. They're founded by Greenville natives and University of South Carolina alumni guys. So a Gamecock owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers Group. Or of course, if you have any other questions, go to their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That's upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. And every single Tuesday, former Gamecocks football player Alex McGrath. Alex going to help me break down what was a wild, and that is putting it lightly, a wild Saturday in Greenville, North Carolina. The Gamecocks are able to squeak out a 20-17 to win to most importantly improve to 2-0 and 
early in the 2021 football season. But first things first, Alex, appreciate you taking the time. How was your weekend? I know you played in the member guest. How'd you hit them on Saturday, by the way? I, I did, you know, I hit the driver well. The rest of the game seemed to fall apart later in the day, mostly maybe because I was trying to stream a football game inside the golf cart, which probably wasn't the greatest strategy for what we were trying to do. But, you know, we had a good time, and it was it was a lovely weekend to be outside because that fall weather seems to be uh, finally coming around. Yeah, dude, I love it. I love it. It's crazy. The past couple of weekends, we've gotten really, really lucky. And I know now it's announced South Carolina, Kentucky, a night game at Williams-Brice in just, what, 13 days or so so hopefully or 12 days hopefully the weather will abide for that one as well because it's going to be a really good time but uh i, I want to start Alex. let's just go ahead and jump right into it i, I want to start offensively i know the conversation is around the quarterback position but here's my question to you because we talked about this last week right i think you and i both gave the benefit of the doubt hey it's week one people are rusty like brand new system brand new scheme whatever but the gamecocks ran 2.8 yards per carry on Saturday against East Carolina. And we talked about all week, that's your advantage in the trenches. You're bigger, you're more physical, you have SEC athletes. And we're talking about an ECU defense, Alex, that gave up 226 rushing yards to Appalachian State and average surrendering 201 yards per game on the ground in their 2020 season. Are you concerned yet about the South Carolina offensive line? Like, what's your concern level right now? Because there were times, especially in that first half, where it feels like you got pushed around. And again, this is not a defensive front for ECU that has pushed anybody around in the last year plus. We're going to need to see some rapid improvement out of that group, I feel like, in the next four days to have any kind of a chance this weekend. I, I, I wish I had a better explanation for it because you got a ton of experience on that line. So I, I, I think it, just falls, I, it has to fall back on a new scheme to some degree outside of that. I don't, I don't really know. I don't like, because you know, you look at what Kevin Harris was able to accomplish last year. And a lot of those same guys are standing there. Four or five, four of those five yeah. guys over 80 career starts. Yeah. Those same guys are standing there now. So it, it, it's gotta be a situation where it's just not gelling with the scheme at this point. And hopefully that's something that can get worked out this week because they're going to need to be better than they have been. Yeah, no, I agree with you, man. Like I said, it's hard to come up with an explanation um, because, again, after week one, gave the benefit of the doubt, you know what, it's week one, I think we'll make a major improvement. We'll run the football. It was very hard to run the ball again, and you start to say, oh, boy, if this, if this offensive line can't get it together, and this is supposed to be the strength of your football team, and again, like you said, there's just no explanation because these guys are all experienced. They all play, play together, and they all paved the way for what Kevin Harris did last season. And, again, I guess that's maybe the thing that can give you some confidence as you're like, you know what, They've done it before, so at least we have that to hang our hat on. Speaking of the offensive line, though, and their struggles, moving to quarterback, Alex, what it even confirms more so to me, I'll tell you this, I think the Zeb Nolan for Heisman campaign that never really got off the ground anyways, but for those that were saying that last week, I think that's officially over and dead, um, especially, though, if your offensive line can't be any better than they are. I mean, I think Zeb Nolan was sacked four times on Saturday. You and I were talking off air very Colin Hill-esque. And that's no knock on Colin Hill or Zeb Nolan, by the way. But when it comes to skill set, very, very similar. We saw a lot of the problems, or at least I thought I did, Alex, of problems we had last year in that game on Saturday, and you couldn't run the football. Um, I mean, I, I would assume you can be as quick as you want with this answer, but no question in your mind, Luke Doty's QB1 for this football team and the best option. Because I, I, I think especially oh, yeah. you've got those offensive line struggles, you're just, especially when you're looking ahead, and we're going to talk more about that Georgia game, you're going to have to have a guy that can escape, get out of the pocket, be dynamic like we said last week. Zeb Nolan's story has been great, but 
This is this is Luke Doty's football team. It is, and and you know, going back to what we were talking about last week, I think it has been the entire time until that you know foot injury rears its ugly head. So you know, it just comes back to what we were talking about last week. You know, if he's not a hundred percent, he's not going to play. And I think that's you know the the assessment all the coaches made before that game kicked off was he's not a hundred percent. So we don't want to put him out there, re-aggravate this thing, re-injure it. So let's go with Zeb and do the best we can. And you know. A little bit stiffer competition this week, so we found out a lot more about the football team as we thought we were going to. And, you know, unfortunately that revealed that those offensive line concerns may be more valid than we wanted them to be. But, you know, yeah, but Luke Doty's definitely number one and should be going forward if he can play. Yeah, no question. Now, I would say, Alex, the bright spot certainly from Saturday's game is the defense. You know, we spend so much time talking offense and and their shortcomings. And, of course, it's fun to talk quarterbacks. But Clayton White's unit, man, what they're doing right now is incredible. Um, you know, obviously you get the game-changing pick six before halftime. That really, I, I really believe, Alex, that's one of those plays that if South Carolina does go on to win six, let's say God forbid seven games, I mean, you really look at that moment and say where that's where it all shifted because South Carolina was dead in the water there. 14 to nothing. If ECU just sits on it, you're going into halftime. They have all the momentum. All of a sudden, you get the pick six from Damani Staley. Second strike week, you've had a pick six. Um, but you get that 14 to seven. You're getting the ball after half. All of a sudden, you can kind of feel the juice get back in that football team. But South Carolina, I didn't know if you know, knew this, Alex, um, held East Carolina just two of 16 on third down. And the Gamecocks have only allowed two third-down conversions in their first two games, which is best in the country. This defense ranks fourth in the country right now. And again, I, I don't want to get carried away too much because level of competition. You, you have to take that into account. But if nothing else, to me, it almost goes beyond the statistics, Alex. It's more the way those guys played on Saturday, flying around, especially in the secondary. I feel like fundamentally we just look so much better. The tackling, which you know, I won't even get into just how maddening it is to think about then and now but uh, how impressed have you been have you been surprised I, I thought ECU would be able to have a little bit of success on us but Clayton White's unit I mean really tipped the cap to him those guys have done a phenomenal job thus far no they really have they're playing lights out football right now and you know look at am I surprised kind of I, I'm surprised with like how well like the second level players have played thus far I mean, we're, all of that's going to start is up front on your D-line, right? And we knew that was going to be the strength of this defense going into this season. And so you play EIU, you know, we're going to push their offensive line around. And they pushed around ECU's offensive line. And, you know, are forcing turnovers. I mean, really, if you take that, you know, opening trick play out of the equation, you know, past that, they give up less than 200 yards through essentially four quarters. You know, two of 16 on third down pick six for the second week in a row. I mean, there's some players out there on defense. And, you know, I, it's very encouraging to see that this early in the season to me, just because, you know, it, based on what we saw, you know, because that was one of the things we talked about in the preview pod was like, is it possible that this defense could be worse than what it was last year? And the answer to that so far is just a resounding no. Yeah, Which no is quite. incredibly encouraging. Yeah, incredibly encouraging and incredibly 
speaks volumes, very loud volumes to the shortcomings of the, again, I don't want to, we don't have to get into that, but <laughs> either way. Um, so yeah, Parker White hits the game winner though. Gamecocks, the 27, 20 to 17 win. And I was joking with you off here, Alex, of course, that, uh, you know, I, I had a little bit of fun with fans on social media who, who made me feel like I was a lunatic for picking a four point game or in, in, insinuating that this in any way will be a close game. And everybody was telling me how the Gamecocks are going to blow out ECU. Either way, though, who cares? You got the win. And I look at this, Alex, my biggest takeaway is this. And, and I, I don't want to put too, too much stock in a week two win, the second all-time game of Shane Beamer's tenure over East Carolina. But to me, it's one of those games and those one of those wins. It's a character win. Like, you had every reason to lose the football game. I, I'm sure you saw some of the officiating blunders, which absolutely – Just a few. Just, just a few. Just yeah, a we'll few. Leave, just a few. Um. The officiating blunders, the home cooking, the turnovers. I mean, everything it felt like that could go wrong did go wrong on Saturday, and you still found a way to win. And I preached all preseason, Alex, that, you know, what I was most excited for is it's easy to be positive when you're you're doing the welcome home tour. And it's easy to be positive and optimistic when you're you're in talking season. It's the honeymoon phase and and, and all that. But I wanted to see this football team face adversity, and that would tell me how they responded to it would tell me more – what I needed to know in regards to the culture and it changing itself. And I think if nothing else, it, it, are there holes and deficiencies with this football team? 110%, but a win on Saturday and the way you did it. I don't know, Alex, it tells me as a fan, the culture and things are changing for the better in that building. I'll, I'll put it to you in a different way. Do you think the 2018 and 2019, 2020 version of this football team would have won that game? A resounding no, I think, from the masses is what you would be hearing. <laughs> yeah, but then that is all. That is the biggest takeaway to me from all this. I mean, look, you, you, you had a trick play on the first play of the game. Go for six, all right? You know, so you're, you're immediately down 7 nothing. all right? You get, you know, I mean, Josh Van played a heck of a game, but, you know, he fumbles going over the goal line to tie it up, all right? Now you're still down. They put one in, then all of a sudden you get a pick six and that momentum is, you know, back in the building and back on your sidelines. And you're able to like push that momentum forward to rally yourselves to kick a field goal to win it as time expires. So, I mean, looking at, you know, the last three iterations of this team, I don't think that's a win that those teams would have gotten. And I think that's why I'm more encouraged than not by what I saw Saturday. Yeah, I, mean, I think certainly it opens the door up for your season. I mean, I, I, it was one that, again, I, I know fans sort of scoffed and, and they were like, Chris, come on, how big of a game can it be? Like, But I, I really feel like, and maybe this is a little harsh, but if you would have lost that football game, would have kind of derailed your season early. I mean, it really, it would have been one of those just really tough to stomach type of L's. But the bottom line is this, you won the football game. Now, getting to six wins, getting to a bowl game in Shane Beamer's first year, that is something that is still open to possibility. And again, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens the rest of the way, but it was just one you had to have. And again, I thought the way they did it, obviously, uh, was incredible. And it's one you had to have, too, because of what's upcoming next. Well, you had a fun first couple of weeks, non-conference, whatever, picked on some lesser opponents, if you will. But uh, shit's about to get real, Alex. There's no other way to put it with the Georgia Bulldogs <laughs> upcoming this weekend. And again, I, I first want to get um, from someone, again, of course, you played at South Carolina, you went to Athens, you are a part of some teams, some, some battles, some matchups with the Georgia Bulldogs. What should or what will South Carolina's players be going through uh, in a night game in Athens? 
<laughs> you mean you mean other than the buzz saw that is the Georgia defense? Other than the buzz saw, yes. <laughs> I mean it's it's going to be raucous. They're going to be you know you, you you take the you take the buses down, stay in the hotel. You know you go. It's a night game, so you're going to sit around the hotel all day, do meetings. Probably do a couple of walkthroughs in the ballroom, breakfast, lunch. Everybody's on the bus. You go to the stadium. Like you, like going into that environment, seeing the tailgates sitting out there now that wouldn't have been there a year ago. You know, just that fan excitement and enthusiasm that's coming in. And that place gets pretty loud. And this is a great, like, cross-border rivalry. So, you know, there's going to be a ton of butterflies, but those are going to come out pretty quick when the hits start flying. Now, Alex, with that being said, of course, you're talking on the field between the white lines. That's where this football game will be played. And, uh, you know, call it for what it is. The Gamecocks opened up as a 32-point underdog uh, over-under, as we, you and I talked off air, at 47. So Vegas certainly not expecting a high-scoring game <laughs> against the Georgia defense that ranks number one in the at country. At least not from one of us. At least not from one of the teams. Um, I know a lot of fans will cling to 2019 and what happened. Hey, South Carolina was a 24 and a half. I remember very vividly 24 and a half point underdog in that one. You go to Athens, obviously the Israel McClamu three interception game, a pick six, and you find a way to pull off what I would, I would still argue Alex is probably the greatest upset in school history, just in sheer, you know, what the odds were and stacked against you and all that. One of the greatest, if nothing else. Um, I'll, I'll first ask you this. Your expectations for Saturday, because I, I don't want to tell fans, hey, you should just be going in a Saturday, you know, being happy to get blown out, or you shouldn't expect to, your team to try to go out there and get a win. But realistically, what do you want to see from this football team? Because I, it's, it's, it's no secret. South Carolina's not on Georgia's level right now. They, they need to recruit and stack recruiting classes. And again, I, I told you this off air, Alex, and I would tell anybody listening, Keep expectations realistic because Shane Beamer is a football coach. He's not a miracle worker. So don't expect him to perform miracles. With that being said, though, certainly good can come out of Saturday, and we've seen some wacky things happen in this South Carolina, Georgia series. What do you most want to see from the game Saturday in Athens? I would say I would start with progression. Like if you can if you can show more of a fight on the offensive line, like even, even if you're running for three and a half a carry or four a carry against that kind of opponent, that's big, you know, weeks down the line because now you've done that against you, – you've improved against a much better opponent. Um, you know, from the receiver standpoint, let those guys continue to get better, you know, continue to get Josh Van the ball, continue to get Jaheim Bell the ball, you know, get those guys more involved, especially if Luke's back there playing, you know, continue to work through those passing progressions, you know, because more than likely you're going to find yourself down at some point and you're going to have to throw the ball mm-hmm. to get yourselves back in it. Love to see some special teams razzle-dazzle. I'm sure Coach Beamer has got some things earmarked that he would love to unleash down in Athens, so we'll see about that. Um, and then, you know, from the defensive side, you know, defensive line's been fabulous so far. I'd love to see them keep that up. And, again, just that progression in the secondary and the second level of being able to – you know, keep those plays in front of you, not getting beat over the top and be able to put yourself in situations where you can play man-to-man defense and send blitzes off the edges to help the defensive line. Alex, it's Tuesday, so why not get weird? Keys to a monumental upset. What would it take for South Carolina to go in as 32-point underdogs and, again, pull what would most certainly be the shocker of the 2021 college football season? I, you've definitely got to, I think you've got to score a defensive touchdown and go special teams touchdown. 
I think if you can get, you know, scores from those two units, I think you're in a really good spot to win that game. Also, Luke Doty needs to play. And ball out. <laughs> and play really well. And, and ball out. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with both of those. I, I sort, certainly, you have to win the turnover margin, probably like four or five to zero. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I just – Right, that, that would certainly help. But, uh, no, I think a defensive touchdown, special teams, those other facets of the football game, steal the momentum – run the football, I mean, you know, th- there are keys on keys on keys we could list, but what, what a win. I, like I said, get a little weird on a Tuesday. Why not? Uh, for sure. Do we so know it, what their quarterback situation is? We is don't, we don't right now. Um, I, I think they're probably holding out hope that JT Daniels will be healthy. I mean, would that change your opinion on the game at all? Who starts at quarterback for them? Not, not really. I it, like Georgia's like, I mean, listen, they put on an all world, defensive performance against Clemson but they also didn't score right so like my question now becomes all right you know we've got you know based on just statistics recruiting rankings all that fun stuff which are as valuable as you want to make them you know the lines that we have are at least similar in nature in that respect now you know second level in the secondary perhaps not but, you know, at least right there, you know, you got a good idea of like, or at least a game plan sitting there of somebody who was super successful against that Bulldogs offense and, you know, how to stack the linemen, backers, where to attack them from, all that fun stuff. Do we have the skill set to do those same things? We'll find out on Saturday, but I think we've got at least some personnel that can match up there. So, you know, if they come out and try to run the ball and get stuffed with it, you know, does that put us in a more advantageous spot? So. Uh, it kind of matters because I think JT Daniels is just better than Stetson Bennett. And so you've got, you know, that one example with JT Daniels in there against Clemson where they didn't score. And then you've got them playing Mercer. Mm. So I don't know that there's like a good read on what that's going to look like either. So, I I mean, I think we cover, I'll put it that way. (laughs) Good teams win, great teams cover. And Alex McGrath is the Gamecocks this week are a great team. Alex, I can't get you I can't get you out of here before dude, we got to talk about 2007. I mean, you were on the team that went to Athens and pulled off, you know, that that win. Uh what was it? 16 to 12, I believe was the final Corey Boy with a touchdown in that game. Eric Norwood with a big sack, Jasper Brinkley with the game ceiling interception and who can forget Lee Corso that morning telling all of college football and everyone watching college game day, the Gamecocks just had no chance. I mean, that, this was a week following, I'll never forget South Carolina had surrendered like 240 yards rushing to Louisiana Lafayette. And so not many were hopeful that the Gamecocks were going to stop no Sean Moreno and Matthew Stafford. And sure enough, I mean, South Carolina rose to the occasion. Steve Spurrier got his first win as South Carolina head coach over Georgia. And again, I was actually at that game, Alex, and it was so beautiful. You could hear a pin drop leaving Sanford Stadium, except for the rowdy Gamecocks that were walking out of there. But what do you remember? What do you recall from that that special night in Athens? I mean, just just mostly, you know, the, the preparation leading up to it, you know, watching, especially like watching all the film, like we knew that we could match up with them if we did the stuff that we knew we were capable of. And, you know, Louisiana Lafayette, I, w- I would tell you this, especially in regards to like the Louisiana Lafayette game, like I, the entire time I, we, I was there, like anytime we played like a lesser opponent, that, that lesser opponents probably not fair 
not a power five mm. opponent. Like those games tended to be much, much closer than they should have been realistically. And really throughout that entire like era, I mean, how many scares have we had with like Navy and right, know, Wofford? Like I, I, we never Wofford, Wofford again. <laughs> no, the tri- really anybody that runs a triple option. Right. Um, but you know, like a lot of those, you know, outside of that Florida Atlanta game in 2006, you know, we're probably closer than they should have been. And I think from like a talent standpoint, you know, we knew what we did in 2006. We knew what we had coming back in 2007. So we knew we had talent on that team to go fight against those guys. So I think that mental edge that we had going into it was huge for us going into a, you know, a spot like Athens where, you know, we've got a lot of talent sitting there on that defense that, you know, you can stop those things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was just, it was a special night to go in there and do that. And, you know, fortunately memories always have with me. Alex, it's been a pleasure. Always a blast. Last thing before I get you out of here, what's more likely the Gamecocks beat Georgia on Saturday or Alex McGrath breaks 70. Uh, Oh God. Based on the way I played this weekend, uh, (laughs) we would beat Georgia hundred percent beat Georgia. (laughs) I didn't want to say break eighty because I feel like you're you're a golfer. I, I think no, you, that, that, that break eighty wouldn't be an issue. It's yeah, you bro- mark. Yeah, what, okay. wedges wedges were not crisp. I'm glad I'm glad <laughs> I I'm glad I judged your game correctly. And I, I didn't want to give you you know I, I wanted to give you some credit. I'm like I think Alex has probably broken eighty before. Yeah, many many times. Yes, seventy yes. Okay. seventy hasn't happened yet. But well, that- you know, listen. I'm gonna. I'm, I can play this game forever. Well, it, I guess it doesn't you, betray yeah, me. That's that's indeed. So I, I guess if you go out and shoot, shoot, if you break seventy this weekend, who knows? Maybe maybe hell is frozen over and something weird might happen Saturday night after. <laughs> I mean, if if I break seventy this weekend, we are a hundred percent winning the game, and I'll make sure <laughs> I shoot you a text on that so you can tweet it out. Alex Alex McGrath, round watch is on. The round watch like is it. on. We'll be keeping a very close eye on how that round goes on Saturday but seriously Alex appreciate you taking the time man looking forward to a fun one in Athens and uh we'll break it all down next week indeed we will buddy he's Alex McGrath I'm Chris Wiltz we appreciate you guys tuning in and we'll catch you next time on another episode of the Spurs Up show (laughs) 